you're listening to the Back That Book Up podcast. We're live, baby, baby. This podcast is hosted and produced by moi, Sylvie. Each episode, I'm going to be chopping it up with an author, deep diving into their latest book and discussing their passions, motivations, and just mingling, a little mingle mingle. I am incredibly passionate about books and I'm talking about from back in the day growing up going to the library during the summer holidays thinking that it was because the library was lit when low-key we were just broke but that passion for books has always stuck with me so I just want to sit down and talk to some litty authors and really really get into it so on this episode you are going to be hearing me speak to Ore Abaji Williams she's the author of The Three of Us and that book boy we're gonna get into it just a little sprinkle sprinkle let me give you a little taster as to what you can expect but who gets to decide that because that's the other thing and this is the thing about who gets to decide what the truth is and whose perspective is the true perspective because we all see things the way we want to see them why is temmie sleeping with people in in the people's house <laughs> I don't wait, what but again is she so when people say like oh who is Ori? i'm going to say She's the queen of mess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And how I want to start is just saying three words that come to my mind when I think of this book. The first word is hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> the second word is daring. And the third word is messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those three words like stand out straight away. So on the back of that, I'm going to let you tell people about the plot. Like, what is this book about? Yeah. Okay. So the three of us asks the question of what would you do if your best friend and your partner hated each other? So it's set over the course of one afternoon. It's told from three perspectives, the wife's perspective, the husband's perspective, and then the best friend's perspective. And the best friend is called Temi and she is a character truly a character (laughs) and throughout the afternoon they are all drinking a lot of wine and therefore they are saying some things that they really mean but maybe wouldn't necessarily have said had they not been drinking so much wine or maybe they would have who knows and all the tension between the best friend and the husband comes to a head culminates in a very interesting explosion of feelings and thoughts it is a real itchy (laughs) flare-up you're 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 downplaying the mess it's (laughs) (laughs) so off the bat right I'm gonna be honest from reading that I was like this plot is completely predictable right that was my (laughs) thoughts but I then realized for me it wasn't so much about the plot the story arch was more than the plot if that makes sense like it didn't have to be a shell shocking because it was more their individual experiences in the moments that's what I took from it was that part of the aim yes it was definitely a more insular book and definitely more about everyone's individual experiences. And one of the things that I've really enjoyed is that people have said that their allegiances and who they like has changed over the course of the book. They start off liking one person or disliking one person, then they go through and they actually don't like the other person. And it all changes based on how those people present their feelings and experiences of all the other characters. So that experience of it, your reading of it is perfect. See, you mentioned something which I thought of completely. So when I read books, I'm that nerdy girl that gets my notepad out or like on notes on my phone <laughs> and I write notes. So this is literally my notes from reading it like real time. I put the best friend is very, very tapped. 
<laughs> I said, at first I empathized with her, as I can recall two of my best friends getting married when I was young and feeling like guilty that I was mourning a loss of a friendship because the dynamics naturally change, right? Whether you say friends forever and we have our friendship <laughs> bracelets, then yes. the, the, the dynamics do change, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, I really feel for Temi. And then, nah, man, Temi just... <laughs> I was with her until I wasn't with her. There was a, the decline happened very fast, thick and fast. <laughs> so on the back of that, who's your favourite character? Uh, I don't have one. I don't have one. It's like choosing between your children. I don't have any children, but it's like choosing between your children. I think mothers lie when they say they don't have a favourite child. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> my mum has a favourite child. She loves my brother more than the rest of us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. <laughs> Like, I think Temi is the most entertaining. I think the wife could be perceived as the most calculating. And I think the husband could be perceived as one of the funniest. Because people have told me that they think the husband is one of the funniest, is the funniest um, part of the book. And I said, interesting. I think it's because people feel sorry for him. But I think it's, he potentially is also maybe one of the most relatable characters in terms of like dealing with someone being in your life when you really don't need them to be there. But I don't have a favourite because I think also... Without the other two, one does not work. So they all have to work well together. And so if it was just Temi talking the whole time, it would be a bit rubbish. If it was just the husband, a bit rubbish. If it was just the wife, same thing. Yes, yes. So this was another one of my notes that I wrote. I read your book months ago. So I was going through my notes and I was like, do you have to read this book again? And I was like, no, it's memorable enough for me to definitely know what happens. There's no confusion there. I said, none of the characters stood out as main character energy, but I think equally that's what makes it so important, right? Each of them, there is literally, you know, you have maybe like one character is like 70% and the rest are just the backup characters. Almost like Destiny's Child in that sense, where yeah, yes. you get Beyonce <laughs> and then you get Michelle and you get oh. Kelly. Whereas <laughs> I feel like these, for the main part, there was a good, even if at times there was like 35, 35, 30%, like they were near enough balance so you needed they each gave something that you needed and I think they had to feed off each other's energy right yeah yeah mad 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 so I want to <laughs> throw this question to you because I was sitting there been thinking about it in the night <laughs> would you marry a guy that your best friend didn't like absolutely not there's also a very easy reason for that my best friend is one of the nicest kindest loveliest people on planet earth if she doesn't like someone that's very concerning to me that's <laughs> very concerning to me the red so flag is flagging it's a big red flag, big, big fat red flag. She's like, even the people who do her dirty, she's like, oh, you know, she's very understanding to a point where it actually irritates me. And I've told her that it irritates me how understanding she is. If she, if she were to hate someone or dislike them, then I know it's a problem. I know it's a problem. And that would just be big, big fat red flags. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I could never do it. So, okay. My thought process <gasps> was initially I said straight up no. And then I said it comes down to certain things. Do you just not like their character? Do you not get along? Like, are your personalities different? Or, like you said, are you telling me that their values and certain things are what makes you not like them? And I think that is a bigger picture. Because if you're saying that their values, let's say like they're homophobic or there's very clear things that do not align with us, then I think as a character, I'd be like, mm, okay, let me try and step out of this and assess it. Whereas if you just don't like him, like he's chewing too loud or whatever, like, God, that's your business. You're like, you don't keep me warm at night. <laughs> also, there's one thing that I think you picked up really, really well in the book. And I want to go a bit more into that. But your friends only know what you tell them or what they view like in a, a very small portion of your relationship with someone, right? 
the intimacy and those things that your friends just like they're not privy to they can't explain something that they don't see and do you think that you incorporate some of those relationship dynamics in the book yes but mostly in the form of code switching so rather than it being how the friend interprets things it's more how that person appears so like the wife she appears a certain way when she's around Temi and then when she's just alone with the husband she appears a certain way and both the husband and Temi see those different parts of her and they're like this is the true version of her this is not the true version that they have their own ideas about that because of what she presents to them and so that's what they see and that's what they believe is the truth and so they lock onto that truth as opposed to the idea that there may be two truths or that she could be playing two different people to satisfy both of them. That's true. So there's this, I don't think it's a debate, but almost a conflict at times, right? What version of you is your true self? Is it how you see yourself? Is it how others see yourself? Or is it how you act when you're around others? I feel like your book encompasses that internal conflict really, really well. I read the book pretty quickly. Like I said, once I picked it up, it was like, yeah, right. This is, <laughs> this is, this is going to be the tea. And also it came to me at a point where I'd been reading really, really heavy books. And I just thought that this was a really light, funny, messy, like vibe that I really needed. What was the process of actually creating it? Did it come from a singular idea or was there various different ideas that merged together? So I'd actually worked on a bunch of other different ideas before I even started this book. And in those, I was trying to write those deep, heavy or in some cases, more commercial rom com type books that I just thought would sell better because I used to be an editor. So that was what was in my mind. I was like, this works well in the market. This is going to sell, da 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 It was not selling to my soul because what I was writing was not good. Then I had a conversation with my best friend. I started seeing someone and I was selling her. I was like, oh, I really like him. And she was like, oh, am I going to get a boyfriend? I'm never going to see you. And I said, no, he has to understand that you come first. And I was kind of joking, but also not joking. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> then I thought to myself, <laughs> so then I thought to myself, oh, that's interesting, actually. What would happen if a best friend didn't get along with her friend's partner? Like, what would that kind of dynamic be like? Literally, the first line in the book is exactly the same as I wrote it the first time I wrote the book. That is the, those are the first words I wrote. And those are still the first words, which is Temi comes over at 12. And the book starts with her. And as you know, the book also ends and she's there. <laughs> yeah, that's how the idea sort of came about and how I figured out the story. And then it all just sort of flowed from there. And yeah, that's my book birth story. <laughs> We're clearly not going to give away the ending, but I can say that it was definitely a cliffhanger. And was that cliffhanger, did you do that because you're thinking of like a sequel, something's going to come next or what's the... Because that's no. the one thing I will say. When I finished the book, I was like, sorry, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, that's a bit cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sequel, no sequel. But I liked ending it like that because it played then even more into the idea that we don't know who is telling the truth. We've heard from all three of them. We know exactly how they all feel. Well, you could say with a wife, you don't know exactly how she feels, but you know how the husband thinks she feels and you know how the best friend thinks she feels. So then you're left with that, sort of cliffhanger at the end and you'll kind of have to decide say to yourself who do I think is right who do I think is wrong that's left up to the reader very much left up to the reader to decide I didn't want to give that away to anybody I didn't want to make that decision for them because we all appear to other people the way that we want to appear in the same way that the husband could be completely telling lies Temi could be completely telling lies the wife is the only one who's kind of upfront about her sort of deception so whoever's telling the truth is left up to you to decide yeah no I'm <laughs> I'm still thinking about Temi. <laughs> no, 
I'm still thinking about home girl. Mm-mm. Nah, you know the, the actual saying, you threw me under the bus. Yeah. Like she got out the bus, the truck, she got out the football <laughs> coach, she got out everything. Yeah. I could have, my, my jaw, I was like, huh? <laughs> that was, that, yeah, no. So I think one of the biggest themes, as well as marriage, right? I think friendship was a really big theme. And also we have friendship, but also friendship was the overarching, but there was this almost anti-patriarchal slash leaning between like, a far feminism side and the traditional elements was the aim to try and cover them or how did the conflict arise no the aim was not to cover them honestly like this is why sometimes I think I listen to authors talking about their books sometimes and I'm like is this what actually happened or are you just saying this happened because it sounds smarter because a lot of this book it just happened the way it happened and then people are like oh yes this taps into this and this and I'm like yeah sure okay whatever you say it taps into that if you want it to <laughs> but the friendship element of it and the way that they interact with each other was definitely me drawing on the way that my friends and I interact with each other and we talk to each other. But the conflict, I think, maybe actually it born out a little bit of me in that I'm a people pleaser and I think the wife is a people pleaser. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of each character in all of us personally, particularly the wife, like that people pleaser aspect of her because she is that way that allows for those conflicts to arise because she appears one way to one person appears one way to another person and they both believe that they know who she is and therefore yes. they are fighting for that version of her to exist and I think the idea that with my friends like they'll know like this is not you I'm going to tell you if you're acting strange or you're being weird and they'll be like we're happy to call each other out and mm-hmm. I think Temi's tried to do that but it's not really taken and so this conflict arises where Things are just bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And the list of issues that Temi now has with her is growing and growing and growing. And this baby thing is just like another thing on top. And the husband thing is just another thing, you know. So it all sort of adds up. So that's where that conflict sort of came from. Yeah. And you can tell me if that was completely not the plan. That Temi is, you know, when you think you're losing someone, so you cling on tighter, becomes too tight. That's what I felt with Temi. Whereas you could look at it as having control and seeing one side of her, I think as the person that she thought her friend was, when those indicators were not being risen to or matching what she thought, I think the control was being lost and that made Temi spiral, which made me think, was the friendship an equal friendship? But who gets to decide that? Because that's the other thing. And this is the thing about who gets to decide what the truth is and whose perspective is the true perspective. Because we all see things the way we want to see them. The wife could be making it look like Temi made me do this and Temi made me do that. And Temi's probably there thinking, I helped her to discover this and then she went on to do this. I'm not in control of her. It's very easy to pick and choose. And I think that's why it's so funny. People's very visceral reactions to Temi are really funny to me. One person yeah. said, because we did the different proofs with different characters on them. One of yeah. a friend of mine, she got the one with Temi on it. And after she read it, she said, I need, to, I need to swap with someone. I don't want this woman on my cover. <laughs> she felt so strongly about it. And I was like, this is hilarious. I definitely think the idea of how people are being perceived and how people are perceiving themselves and communicating what they think and what they believe or how something happened very much plays into how we as readers then perceive them or viewers then perceive those people. So in as much as of- that perception, like you said, of Temi seems like she's clinging on, could feel right. It could also be, Temi being like, well, you know, this is the person I know that she is and this is the person that she told me she wanted to be, but now she's acting different. She's acting strange and I don't think this is her. Therefore, I'm here to save her kind of vibes. Yes. See, yeah. I'm like, was she trying to save her or was she trying to save herself from the change? But no, I completely hear what you're saying. (laughs) My dad says, um, my dad says to me, he says there's three sides, right? He said there's your version of the truth, my version of the truth, 
And somewhere in between there is the truth. The truth, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where the three <laughs> perspectives you'd kind of muddle <laughs> through and figure yeah. out what the truth is. If you was to outline like a really pivotal moment of the book with a core quote, what would it be? Oh, a pivotal moment of the book. <laughs> I think, well, she's referring to something that's already happened. But when Temi says that she goes and she's like, earlier today, I went into the bathroom and I discovered two things. And she's talking about the fact that she found something in the bathroom. I'm not going to say what it was. But she found some things in the bathroom that deeply terrified her. And they lead to the outcome of the book, essentially. So I would say that's a very pivotal moment, especially because it's referring to something that happened before. I would also say in the wife section of the book, and she's talking about what happened in the morning when she and her husband were leaning over the sink, looking at something. And then the husband goes off to work and he's annoyed and he's like, you know, this isn't what I wanted it to be, but he just has to go off to work. I'm not saying specific things because I want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> but but those, I would say those two are very pivotal moments. And they, they revolve around the same thing, as you know. So I would say because that is such a central theme in the book and such a central issue for all three of them, I would say those are two very pivotal moments. I think that once you get into the book, there's no downtime. So every moment <laughs> feels like a big moment. And... Once it hits you once, you're just heightened. You're almost waiting for the next shebang and they just keep coming. I've got one. I don't think it's a spoiler, so I'm going to throw it out there. Why is Temi sleeping with people in, in the people's house? <laughs> I don't understand. What? But again, is she? Who knows? Nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stand by that. <laughs> I definitely think she does some walking in her house. <laughs> she... <laughs> Like, you know what? Sometimes when you when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> Damn. That I can't believe. How much money does he have? Can you can you imagine like being so stressed out? But no, but really, that could happen to anyone. You know, they say it's like an itch first, and you just keep scratching. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think it's that, and I think those little things that turn into massive things are relatable to all of us, right? You can't get over that little thing, and next thing you know, what was the little mark is a scab, and then it's a wound that won't heal, or then. I don't know, your sepsis. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh yeah. It's a lot. Okay, no. So am I writing, this is your first novel? Yeah, first one. Yes? So what's next? Where do we go after the three of us? What's next for you? I'm working on something else at the moment. It does, again, sort of comprise relationships and also deal with different perspectives. I suppose it is a little bit, it's quite messy. The premise, I suppose, in itself is quite messy, but it kind of plays on the idea of doubt and what happens which is again also what this book does this yeah yeah but, I, I feel like this does exactly that yeah but also what happens when we action that doubt and okay. how that can throw our relationships into disarray and can make us behave in perhaps slightly unconventional ways and also like if when we doubt something or we then have an idea about something we seek the truth but actually what we're trying to seek is a validation of our own opinions or our own perspective so that's what the next one is, is going to be Okay, and this is going to be another book? Yes, yeah, another novel. Okay, wow. You you have reminded me of something, which I think <laughs> my friends, so me and my friends, we talk about this particular thing, right? They tell you a story about something, right? And if you weren't there, you weren't there, so you're only going to get their perspective. But they will ask you questions or say things in a way that you're almost semi-forced to give them the answer that sends them further into that direction that they want because they need to validate that experience even if it's not the truth but the avenue that they've seen it from and there's so much to explore in that 
for sure. So in terms of, I feel like I'm going to, I'm going to nickname you now. So when people say like, oh, who is Ori? I'm going to say, she's the queen of mess. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) The queen of mess is the title. Other than an author, you've given me who you are as an author and you've t- we know what sort of themes you, you're trying to get us <laughs> heated up about. Yeah. If you could sum up who else you are, what else comes to mind? Who is Ori? Ooh, Ori is trying to entertain and inspire through her work. Uh-huh. Ori is sometimes a thinker and not a doer. <laughs> so I'm sure she'll think on something for a long time before actually doing it. And not in like, a, oh, it's I'm letting the thought just stay in my mind, just in a procrastination kind of way. Procrastination, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The enemy of progress, as they would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the enemy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Ori is an avid consumer of TikTok. Avid, avid, avid consumer of TikTok. What are your set things? What What's that key phrase that you're typing? <laughs> I don't type anything. I've never typed, well, no, I have typed stuff on TikTok before, but the way I got into it was just opening the app and then just letting my for you page do what it does so now what I get a lot of is like people doing hot takes on cultural things people doing things like I didn't know this until my 30s people doing like hair and makeup stuff sometimes like people describing what's going on in the news but making it accessible because sometimes they'll be talking and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about what else am I who else am I um I'm a reader I'm a reader first before I'm a writer I have way too many books on my TBR Ooh, and I can relate. I can relate. It is ever growing at a rapid and scary rate. <laughs> she's a daughter of Nigerian parents and she's very proudly Nigerian. So, yeah, that's me. I definitely felt that there were Nigerian vibes in the book. I'm <laughs> yeah. British, but I was like, yeah, Niger, I can feel it. <laughs> and I love that. So, I suppose my last question is when you've talked about who you are, how is it sort of? seeped into the book Ooh, oh because i can be petty i can be petty um <laughs> <laughs> do you know what um i've screenshot years ago on a kalechi okafor's tweets and i love it she said you go low i will go lower we will lower, be yes. limbo. she said we will be limbo <laughs> in this bitch and i love it it's so good honestly i love being petty it's so much fun also just never forgetting things people have done to me I'm like yeah I'm smiling at you but I know I remember what you did and I'll never forget every time I look at you I'm gonna think about it the pettiness the insults I don't insult people really ever but if sometimes my friends and I are talking about pop culture or something like that and I'll think of a celebrity or something like that I don't like I can come with the insults quick. <laughs> come with them quick she said I'm speedy with it and <laughs> <laughs> um, my best friend Grace she always says that the angrier I get more eloquent my insults and more creative my insults become <laughs> so, okay so, the, so there's a, a little sprink- bit of temmy in you <laughs> yeah sprinkle a temmy in there yeah so I would say those are the bits of me that are, are definitely in there and also my love of a short book I love a short book so it's very apt that that book is very short no it is actually yeah it makes for nice short readings I also think just throwing it out there for people listening I think that this is a really really good book club book because just like we were saying about different perspectives so I've given my perspective you've got the author's first-hand perspective I mean I can't argue with she, she wrote the book <laughs> but I think it would be really nice for people to sit in their book clubs and chop it up as well because one thing is that when you read this book 
whether we say that we're unbiased people, you always bring a bit of your bias because you bring in lived experiences. And if they're not your experiences, just things around from your homegirl saying that she got dissed by that guy or something that comes up and it helps to inform your opinion, right? So I'd love to hear the discussions that are going on about the book because that is where the Queen of Mess <laughs> will shine. <laughs> I'm going to have to put that in, in a bio somewhere. The Queen of Mess. <laughs> I want to be quoted. I want to be quoted. <laughs> so How said it can... first. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How can people stay up to date with you? Where can they find you? Instagram at Ori A. Williams or my website, oriawilliams.com. I've got events there from doing up events where you can buy the book on Instagram, just various updates about the book and things like that. So little bits here and there and pictures from events and various kinds of things like that. So that's where to find me. But if you follow me on Instagram and I post rubbish on my story and you don't like it, it's not my fault. You chose to follow me. So <laughs> she said, I'm warning you now, face your front and mind your business. <laughs> if you see me post about somebody's socks on the tube and how they look stupid. Yes, it's not very nice, but it's my opinion. <laughs> Do you know what? I like that. I like the honesty. And just from speaking to you, you've brought yourself to the table. There's no PR gimmicks and overly trained you're just like this is me this is unfiltered and I also think I think the unfilteredness since speaking to you now I'm like yeah I, I see more of her in the book now <laughs> it's good it's really oh good God. it's funny though because I did actually ask my publishers my UK publishers for some media training because I was like I don't know how to pitch this book every time I say it I sound stupid I've gotten a lot better I've had practice I was like yeah media training you're like yeah 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 did media training for me and I think maybe that was a tactic because they liked just hearing me speak like you said unfiltered and they were like yeah that. so maybe that was a good thing so shout out Penguin for not giving me media training you see me yeah I'm gonna ask the questions that you have low-key been wanting to ask but just wouldn't the Back the Book Up podcast is available on all major streaming platforms and if you have any questions or want to be a part of what is going on head to frizzandgo.com that's my website to find out all of the books that I've been reviewing and you can also email me at frizzandgo at gmail.com if you have any questions for the upcoming authors I will keep you posted so you will know what the next book is join a book club read along let's create a community out here